We are live. Welcome to episode eight of the Dynasty Dad podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. And back by popular demand, we're having another smash accept episode here. Um, and we got two thirds of the crew here. First, I want to obviously introduce our guys. We have John at Dynasty underscore trades. And we have my man Mung at FF underscore Mung. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How's it going? Great. Good to be back with the Smash Accept crew here. Yeah, no, we, we're eight episodes in here, and it's still currently our number one downloaded episode so far. So people want to hear more about Dynasty Trades. They want, you know, they got a fever. You know what I'm saying, John. That's right. They need I gotta more. more got to have more trades, baby. That's right. Today's episode, we geared towards running back landscape. You know, now's the time of year where a lot of owners have different philosophies when it comes to what they do with their running backs you know how should they approach going into the season I had Scott Connor on the other day and he was really talking about you know what things are going to look like for this season with running backs but I want to ask both of you guys what is your particular running back philosophy when it comes to you know right now we're eight days away from the NFL season what are you guys doing with your running backs what are some some you know all year we're trying to make those dynasty trades but how do you guys view running back trades in dynasty and are you guys trying to make any here last minute yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. I'm, I'm putting a lot of focus on running back right now. You know, for, for me, running back is the most volatile position in terms of value. So you have to stay on top of it and always look to be making moves. And you know, a, a couple of things I'd recommend for for the listeners here. And, and again, you got to have more trades, baby. Got to have more trades. Love it. Um, the fir first. I, I'm trying to trade for rookie running backs, maybe second-year running backs before they pop. And, and obviously, you're trading away running backs that are aging before they fall off the cliff. And running back rookie value can skyrocket after their, their first year. So just you, you just basically have to make sure you're picking the right ones. And, Mike, you know a lot of my, my favorite guys. I have JT and, and Dobbins were both the uh, – we kind of leading the the train or for those guys, the hype train, but I, I have a ton of shares of those guys and uh, you got to love the top five rookie running backs that came out. So that's really one. And uh, the, the other one is give yourself as many options as you can with running backs this season, especially if you're competing. And of course for redraft, I, I think this, this season is going to be absolutely insane. I mean, it already is look at Fournette, guys, Montgomery, you know, hits keep coming uh, i actually did a, a twitter thread that looked at all the running back backup situations for all 32 teams so you can check that out for a little info yeah um, i love that i saw that on twitter if you guys are not following these guys you need to because they're putting out content all the time and that was great because with covid19 and, and everything that's going on you're going to want as many running back shares as possible and go out and and see what all the landscapes are and what the depth charts look like and who the handcuffs are to own so yeah i thought that was a great piece yeah, and I mean that's it. I I threw out some of my favorite guys too, and with trades, see if you can get these guys as a throw-in. Um, just just recently, I've got Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, and Boston Scott thrown into deals that I was working. Those are some of my favorites. Um, so yeah, that, that's those are a couple of the recommendations I'd give right now on managing running back. All right, what about you, big guy? What about you? What are you thinking as far as running backs? I know, you know, we have some similar type views here. Do you echo some of the things he has or do you have a different type philosophy? Yeah, definitely. And this close to the season, really, even in my dynasty leagues, I'm taking on more of a redraft mentality. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of the reason uh, I'm lower on guys like DeAndre Swift, right? Um, you know, a lot of draft pundits had him as the number one talent at running back in this rookie class prior to the NFL draft. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, situation matters regardless of talent. Unless you think that Swift is an otherworldly talent, you know, a, a tier above all these other guys, then it really does come down to situation. That's why Clyde Edwards-Hilaire shot up the rankings. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of down on him because in redraft for 2020, right, he missed some time with an injury and they're saying it may cost him snaps early on. And even when he does get ready to come back, uh, I don't think that, you know, he's going to see a huge workload regardless. And really, you know, if he doesn't produce as a rookie, that's going to decrease his dynasty value as well. And really, you're trying to project forward 
you know, one year from now, what are these guys going to be worth if you're not contending? And if you are contending, you know, can they help me win now? And the if the answer to both those questions is no, then, you know, you need to move them down your rankings. And I have Swift probably far lower than a lot of people in my dynasty rankings. Um, and then, of course, you know, you mentioned the handcuffs, guys like Pollard. Um, and, you know, um, even uh, I would echo uh, the lesser known guys. So someone that I picked up a lot uh, this past week was Cordero Patterson. He may or may not see a bigger role with David Montgomery out for a couple weeks, but, uh, you know, he's pretty much free to acquire or at least far cheaper. Um, other names I would throw out, and of course, these are for deeper leagues where you have, uh, you're not dropping, you know, high value prospects for guys like this, but Mike Boone, uh, you know, if Dalvin Cook does hold out, we don't know that Alexander Madison is going to be a workhorse per se. Uh, and then you've got, you know, like Divine Azigbo. I've heard his name mentioned a lot. Uh, it's unlikely that it's just going to be Raquel Armstead, even if Chris Thompson does get hurt. So basically just finding value in those deeper names as well instead of the obvious handcuffs. Yeah, I like that because a lot of, our, you know, most of my leagues are 25, 30. I play even a, even a couple that are 35, but not all dynasty owners are playing in leagues that deep. You know, some of them are 20. I'm in the FFPC and that with in the pros versus Joes, that's only 20 man roster. So guys like Devin Azigbo, you know, you're not worried about. But if you've got a 35 man roster and you can add him on there, more power to you, you know, because we we tr we want to know what's going on there in Jacksonville. We want to believe it's Reichwell Armstead, Chris Thompson. But I mean, that situation is wide open. Which segments into, you know, our next topic is, and he's not here today, but CJ, who's now who formerly IVID, but now he's at FF Day Trader, posted this, and I, I really liked it. He showed two different running backs. You know, RB1 was a guy that versus average stacked boxes, he had 16% of his carries from there. Average offensive line, 24th yards per carry, 4.2 receptions per game, 2.5. RB2 on the flip side, 38% of the time facing stack boxes, 20th ranked O-line, 4.0 yards per carry, and 4.8 receptions per game. So you look at those two, numbers are very similar there. You know, he's in a different type situation. But those two guys, you know, and both of you guys already know the answer, but it's Joe Mixon and Leonard Fournette. We're looking at two guys out of the same draft class with different type of, you know, obviously value in the dynasty community before the news that just dropped. Why don't you guys talk to me first about Joe Mixon? Obviously Joe Mixon gets his big contract. You know, Joe Mixon is now paid. He's there through the next five years with the Bengals. What does that do for his dynasty stock for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it really shoots him up because part of the, you know, part of the fa what factors into dynasty is the long-term outlook, right? And um, I think we talked about this a little bit last show on why I was a bit lower on Alvin Kamara than others. Uh, you know, even prior to this news of the potential holdout or the the threat of the Saints trading him, you know, we knew that he was heading into a contract year, and we knew that that would be a potential issue. And it's kind of uh, being prepared to deal with these sorts of situations and having a solid four-year contract, um, not only Mixon, but Derrick Henry as well, really helps shoot them up into, you know, the top 10, top 12 uh, of dynasty assets, at least in one quarterback formats, because uh, especially with running back, situation really matters. And you want those workhorses who are guaranteed touches for the foreseeable future. Yeah, now you got a guy, Joe Mixon, he's going to be there with Joe Burrow, an improved offensive line. A lot of exciting things are, you know, going on there in Cincinnati. And Joe Mixon, I feel like, has to move up, you know, those boards. And something in Dynasty is is that stability, you know, that that uncertainty of Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara right now is a little bit scarier. So Joe Mixon's got to move up there. On the flip side, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about Leonard Fournette? I mean, obviously we get the shocking news that he's cut by the Jaguars. What are you doing with Leonard Fournette now? How do you feel about this situation? Yeah, you know, it, exactly my point on running backs. It's just so volatile. And, and you know, first of all, I agree with Mong. I, you know, Mixon has to shoot up your rankings. He's got to be considered up there now, maybe even in dynasty running back six, seven, eight range. Some might even have him higher. Uh, but yeah, for Fournette, you had to kind of see this coming, right? I mean, there's, there's all this talk. Really, I moved most of my – Fournette shares before last season because you could tell he was kind of on the outs with the organization and 
uh, I was uh, I was always a little bit worried about the negative game scripts, and you know he actually got a, a lot more targets than I expected. Uh, it, it's really uh, even while we're we're doing this pod here, I mean news is coming in on Fournette, and so he's a volatile stock right now. I mean when when uh, Fournette owners hear about the Bucks, everyone gets excited, and um, so it, he he has the potential. I mean the talent is still there, Mike. I, I think that uh, I mean. He was he was uh, what was he like the fourth overall pick when he came out? Yep. So, and he's, uh, he's the one of only three guys that finishes an RB one each of the last three seasons from that class. It's him, McCaffrey, and Kamara. I mean, those guys. He does put up RB one numbers. He's right there yeah, on that fringe, yeah. and it, it's just a matter of what I like to do and, and my philosophy with mm-hmm. running backs right now is, is to pivot back from some of these guys because when right. they get to that end of that contract, and I think you alluded to it, but the yeah. term that I'm really using a lot is pivot now. So Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, they're getting to the end of those rookie deals. Now is the time to flip them, get a little bit younger, exactly. maybe add a little bit on there, get Taylor, get those kind of guys. And we're going to talk about some trades here, you know, because Everybody wants them trades. You know, we're talking about smash accept. And if you guys put hashtag smash accept, which many of you are already doing, we are going to do this on a regular basis here. Talk about your trades. Go over them. Exactly. So if you guys tag any of us, make sure you guys are putting in hashtag smash accept. That way we can look at all of them and go over them and talk about them as a group because we want to give you guys the best insight possible. Um, That includes things like league size. You know, is it 10? Is it 12? Is it 14? That makes a big difference when you're talking about positional advantages and things like that. Uh, The direction of your team. You know, I see a lot of them, they just put 12 team PPR. Are you contending? Are you rebuilding? Are you looking to retool? All those things help us give you the most educated answer. Is it PPR? I would hope so. You know, it's 2020. Um, my my actual uh, home league actually just switched to PPR this year, and they were baffled by it, which was fine with me because I got Chris Godwin at the 307, so I was pretty pumped. Um, is it a tight end premium? You know, is it start two tight ends? Is it 0.25 PPC? I mean, there's literally so many things out there. So the more information, the better you know, that you guys can give it because we want to give you guys a shout out as the listeners. And the first trade we're going to talk about comes from at Caswell underscore Wyatt. He says, someone convinced me not to trade Alvin Kamara for Jonathan Taylor straight up in dynasty. I'm extremely tempted to pull the trigger in a 12 team PPR. I'm very solid all around with a good makeup of ages. So that's a great question because he said, we talked about this in the, in my, um, trying to think of the actual rebuild type philosophy. If you guys want to assess your team, you got to see where the core ages are. It's okay to have some veterans, some rookies mix it in, but you guys got to understand where you're at. So right now we're looking at Alvin Kamara straight up for Jonathan Taylor. Kamara doesn't have a contract. John, why don't we go with you first? Because we obviously know where Mung's going to go on this one. Yeah. But the Twitter poll has it at 57% Kamara, 43% Jonathan Taylor. Is this a move you're willing to make now, or do you guys need a little bit on top? Yeah, so – I actually would make the move, but it's actually um, not not exactly my style. I mean, a lot of people do like the, the straight up trades, but just to your earlier point, Mike, kind of what I've been saying is see if you can get Jonathan Taylor plus, right? I mean, yeah. Kamara's established. He's well-known. He's been ranked higher. Jonathan Taylor, we know his, his his value could potentially skyrocket, like I said, but most of the traders out there are going to be willing to package something along with Jonathan Taylor. So get him to package a second rounder, like get him to throw in another player that, that could pop as well. Uh, or perfect. like I said earlier, maybe one of those running back handcuffs. Now, again, um, I, we know what Mong's going to say here, but I'm actually <laughs> with, with him, his inevitable answer on this. And, and I, I, I'm actually getting concerned. I have maybe a little bit too much love for Jonathan Taylor, but you know, for me, he, he is, He's he's got everything. I know there's still a few concerns about mileage and his ability to um, catch on the backfield, but I think that's going to come. And uh, I I love that that O line, perhaps the best O line in the league. And uh, I I just think he's going to put up monster numbers. It, it's inevitable for me. He may not start the year out, uh, but um, as the starter. But I'm, I'm even in game one against Jacksonville. I'm I probably got him in my starting lineup. I, I think yeah, you have to just because of the feeling that this guy represents. So, um, yeah, and you know, I'll let maybe Monk talk to all the um, concerns on on Kamara. Uh, I'm I'm probably a little bit higher on Kamara still than than uh, Monk is, and I think that 
some of the medical stuff that just came out was a little bit overblown. Um, but yeah, you know, Breeze has probably got a year left. And um, uh, where, where, where is really Kamara's ceiling going to be long term is the question, right? So. I mean, we're looking at three straight years of, uh, of an RB1, you know, and I feel like last year obviously was a, an enigma because of his, his touchdown. You know, he's due for some positive touchdown regression. I think to your point, what I like to do with this is, like we said on the show before, insulated trades. So you get right. Jonathan Taylor and maybe a Nikhil Harry or a second round pick or, you know, there's always get that little bit of extra if you feel like that there's a, the perceived difference rather than a straight up pivot. Uh, Mung, are you willing to just straight up pivot from Kamara to Jonathan Taylor? Right. And, and to your guys' point, I think obviously you want to extract as much value as you can when you're making these trades. Um, you know, perceived value often can get you that extra piece. But at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily push for it if you're if you're if you believe, excuse me, that you're still winning that trade, right? Um, so as you guys alluded to, I do prefer Taylor straight up over Kamara. And, but that's not to say that I would necessarily sell Kamara for Taylor right this second, right? Because the perceived value on Kamara is low right now with the concerns that the Saints may trade him, that they may not come to an extension before the season with the possibility that he'll sit and miss some games in a holdout. Um, so really, you're not selling him for proper value if you believe that the Saints will eventually come to at least a one-year agreement with him. Yeah, and he's he's at, he was at practice today, said him and Sean Payton had a nice conversation. I think that's a great point. Now is not the time to sell Alvin Kamara. Now is not the time to sell Leonard Fournette because of the news is where it is. But let's say he inks a deal here. You know, he gets four years or five years like Joe Mixon. That's the time right now to, to switch him and couple months ago, you could have got Jonathan Taylor in a first. Now you're probably lucky to get Jonathan Taylor and a second for Kamara. And I feel like that would be the time to move if that's not a guy that you're totally into. So don't pull that trigger straight up. Wait till the actual positive news comes out because I do believe they do make a deal here. And once that happens, you get a little bit of more, like Mung said, some perceived value. So that's and great. Yeah. All that being said, too, I, I would then do my best to sell Kamara for Taylor Plus once they come to an agreement because – as you said, you know, Breeze probably has a year left, right? So even if the Saints retain Kamara, we really don't know a whole lot about that offense going forward, who the quarterback under center is going to be. So there are still a lot of risks there, and I, I would still be willing to make that deal. Yeah, yeah, totally spot on. I, I, I would just add, add to that. I actually do think they could get a deal done, and a lot of what we're hearing in the news right now, try not to overreact to it. I think that a lot of times it's, it, these are negotiation tactics. The Saints will, will float something out there that they're willing to trade them to help uh, bring down the the asking price a little bit, right? That's kind of how this business works. So if you can hold the problem, you know, Mung's absolutely right. I would. And, you know, our, he's again, not on here, but FF Day Trader said he recently just dealt Alvin Kamara for Miles Sanders and Jerry Judy, which I'm, I'm taking that all day long. Um, and then he actually cascaded. Actually, it was Miles Sanders in a second. And then he cascaded that to Jerry Judy and Jonathan Taylor. So he ended up getting Jonathan Taylor, Jerry Judy. You know, sometimes you can look at pieces of a trade and we're trying to talk about getting that extra, you know, that last piece of the puzzle. But it's something that you got to think outside the box. You got to say, well, I might not want Miles Sanders, but I really want Jonathan Taylor. If I trade Kamara, I can get. Sanders plus then I can move down again and get Jonathan Taylor plus and he ends up getting Jonathan Taylor Jerry Judy and a second round pick for Alvin Kamara and that's that's how dynasty winning is done love it got to get a cowbell for that one so yes. our next our next one comes from at Colton Roberts with an extra s at the end it's 12 team super flex PPR no premium he said it is a rebuilding team so which side are you taking here so interesting deal first side Jonathan Taylor again Tyler Boyd and Blake Jarwin. Again, no tight end premium, so it's just straight up. For Nick Chubb, Brandon Cooks, Antonio Gibson, and a 22 third. Very close on Twitter. Jonathan Taylor side at 53%, Nick Chubb side at 47. If you're rebuilding, what are you guys interested in here? Yeah, I think this trade is pretty fair overall. Um, the value is pretty balanced for the most part. I think Jarwin and Gibson, I would value fairly similarly. They're both prospects with upside. 
And it, as you said, it helps that he gave us additional information here, right? Because knowing that he is rebuilding, um, he doesn't need to worry about whether Taylor is going to see a ton of snaps right off the bat and whether, you know, Tyler Boyd's going to produce with Joe Burrow. For me, uh, even if I were contending, I might be tempted to take the Taylor side of this, but especially in a rebuild, I definitely would. Yeah. What about you, John? Yeah, I, I, I'm with Mong. I, again, I just hyped JT here, so I'll, I'll turn out to uh, gush about him anymore. A lot of people actually compare him to Nick Chubb because he's just that great all-around pure runner and not quite as known for pass catching. But for me, that that was kind of the growing concern with Chubb at the end of last year with Kareem Hunt there. And he, he really, down the stretch with Hunt in play, Chubb was kind of more of a running back too. And um, I think you got to look at he's he's 24 now. JT's coming to the league at 21. The guy could just now barely drink legally. Um, I'm, I'm a big Tyler Boyd fan, uh, of course, with that offense on the rise with Joe Burrow. And frankly, I think that Blake Jarwin uh, is going to be wide open a lot with uh, defenses trying to cover Cooper Gallup and, and my boy CeeDee Lamb. Uh, so I, I'm with Monk. This was actually a pretty even trade and might even could argue the other side of the head a little bit more value. I really like Antonio Gibson cooks could surprise. Uh, but for me, I, I'm going to go after the guy that I want the most in the deal. And that's JT and, and, um, go, go from there. And that's what we really want to hammer home to you guys as a listener is this is how you make a pivot move. You're taking Jonathan Taylor and you're moving from Nick Chubb. You just got three years younger and a higher perceived upside. Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, you know, I prefer Boyd. There isn't anything on the other side that's really outlandish where you're like, man, I got to keep Nick Chubb. If you can get Jonathan Taylor, get three years younger, a you know younger, more exciting version of Nick Chubb at this point, I think you got to do it. And I think this trade in a year from now is going to look pretty lopsided. So good move there, Colton. The next one, another rebuilding deal here. Um, we're looking at it's a 12-team PPR Superflex tight end premium, six-point passing touchdowns. So he has Saquon and O.J. Howard. He is getting, and this one blew my mind, but I, I just want to talk about the idea of it. He's getting Kenny Galladay, J.K. Dobbins, Gardner Minshew, and two 21 seconds. Now this one is definitely a hashtag smash accept. But this is the kind of move here. Talk to me a little bit about if you have Saquon Barkley. You know, we always say on the Dynasty Refinery, anything for Saquon. But this seems like the type of move that can really take you from rebuild and put you to a point where you're ready to contend. Yeah, I'll start there. That's a smash accept, baby. Smash accept. And, um, yeah, just like like you said, uh, you can you can just get so much for Saquon Barkley right now. and and not only start rebuilding, but I mean, you're competing right away. I, I think that look, J.K. Dobbins, I, I absolutely love. I just said that already. I think that, you know, his Harbaugh came out and said, we're going to have a hard time keeping this kid off the field in season one, even with Ingram there. And and if if he really shows, I, you know, I think that she could really argue. And I don't know if this is a hot take, but he might have been the best overall running back coming out of this class in terms of the ability to run inside, um, the speed to, to, to break a long one. He can catch out of the backfield. What he's been doing in terms of the receiving game in, in the practices, Mike, I saw you posted some of those highlights today. The kid is, is so talented um, all around. And that got me excited, so, man, watching yeah. that. I mean, we believe it already, and sometimes we right. get those hype videos on Twitter, but I'm like, man, this kid's going to be something special. And you're getting Kenny Galladay, who's a wide receiver one, on top of yes. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. And exactly. I feel like you're almost getting a free Gardner Minshew and, and two extra 21 seconds just because of this, because, because you're giving up Saquon and because of that name cachet. And again, another pivot to move yourself down from Saquon to J.K. Dobbins. And I know – you know, a couple months back, I did a thing where I was talking about the 2022, what the running back, you know, landscape is going to look like. And I said, it's going to be McCaffrey, Saquon, and I had Dobbins at five overall. You know, I feel like he yeah. has that much upside. And you you alluded to it, pass catching chops, you know, he caught over 26 balls every year at Ohio State, over 2,000 total yards. He's a touch. I mean, he literally is the most complete back yeah. there, you know, him and Swift. And yeah. he's perfect for that RPO system. Perfect so, fit. 
Perfect Absolutely. For Baltimore. Yeah, and, and again, Kenny G, I think, is about to get another contract. Pull out the saxophone. That's got right. Kenny G, and um, <laughs> now that Stafford's back, I think that offense is, is underrated, and we all love uh, Minshew, like you said, especially after he came out with this video with the uh, the throwback to Karate Kid. I know. I, you're, know. You're I was, just, Kai, Kai I was watching night. Cobra Kai when we got things started. So, you know, when you play the old school Karate Kid, you're the best around. Yeah, absolutely. All day. Um, and that was sent in from at Black Sheep underscore FF. Do you agree also that, I mean, he got an absolute smash except on that one? Yeah, definitely a smash except, as you guys said. Um I won't just kind of repeat everything because we already know, you know, we love Galladay. We love Dobbins. Um, so I'll add two other quick notes before we move on here. Uh, one thing is that just because this is a great, great deal for him in a rebuilding uh, aspect doesn't mean that the other guy lost this trade. Right? Oh, yeah. Because we don't know what that guy's team looks like if he has ample talent to spare and he's, you know, in win now and he's pushing in all the chips. Uh, just because you, you got an overpay doesn't mean it's a bad deal. So I, I hate when I see trades vetoed because someone, you know, doesn't like it, right? Uh, do not do not be that guy. I do not allow vetoes in any of my leagues. It ruins the integrity of the league, you know, because then you get, you know, one guy, I, I was in a league one time and the guy asked me to do this trade. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Then in the group chat, he, he put it, he made another group me and didn't put my name in there. And he goes, guys, veto this deal. I don't want to do it. I changed my mind, you know, and those kind of things can ruin a league at, at quickly it just makes everybody have complete animosity towards each other and it's just hey who vetoed that you start thinking those if you guys are in leagues do not have a veto i mean it if you have poor owners get better owners but honestly do not allow vetoes every single league i've had in that has them it just ruins the entire process yeah definitely and then my other real quick note too is once he makes this deal to sell saquon barkley I would then go ahead and try and flip Gardner Minshew for a 2021 first, maybe even more uh, yeah, during cool. the season, uh, because I do believe that Minshew has the talent to be a starter in the league. But I also think that Jacksonville is very much set on drafting Trevor Lawrence or another similar QB talent in next Thanks year's class. Trevor. Yeah. If, if you cut Leonard Fournette days before the season, you are ready for – you know, I've been on a bunch of podcasts and everybody talks about Minshew. And I think he has the ceiling this year to be a back end QB one, you know, to that QB 15 range because it's going to be so much negative game script. And now there's no running game to go with it. So he's going to have to sling it around. We all love DJ Chark. So, you know, everything, all yeah. systems go ready for him. But Minshew is going to be in a bad spot here where if he starts playing some nice games, he's not going to be that starter next year unless they win six to eight games and with trading their best defensive end, getting rid of pretty much everything that's in place from that playoff team. It's going to be, right. it's going to be tough sledding. So yeah, look you can at, flip uh, some look at Josh teams. Rosen. Exactly. Josh yeah. Rosen's the best guy to bring in to get your team. The one one um, next deal is comes in from fit. Sheehan. He sent in 12 team PPR doesn't have anything else directionally or anything like that. Judging off the deal here, he's, you got Saquon for Mike Evans and Derrick Henry. So I'm assuming the Derrick Henry and Mike Evans side, you know, is is both sides that actually could be all in, but must be wide receiver needy. But they're at 58%, Saquon at 42 So again, just trying to point out that Saquon Barkley can get you an RB1 and a wide receiver one. Uh, Mung, I know you, you're pretty big on Mike Evans, you know, with, with Tampa Bay down there. What do you think of this deal? Yeah, this is another hashtag smash except to me. Uh, I'm shocked that someone would pay these two premium assets. Um, you know, this deal might have made sense to me before Tennessee signed Derrick Henry long-term, right? If you were concerned, let's say, that he had one more year at Tennessee and then you really don't know if he's going to fall off. But now with Henry guaranteed, uh, you know, through 2023 uh, or at least through the next couple of years, they can't really afford to cut him based on how the contract's structured. Um, you know, I, I don't understand this at all. I don't see a huge gap in production between Barkley and Henry in 2020. And then, as you said, I am very high on Evans. I think he has the potential to be the top scoring wide receiver this year with Tom Brady in town. And I, I think this is a huge win for the Evans and Henry side. 
And you're not hearing that narrative a lot on Twitter. You know, I mean, I love Chris Godwin, and but you can love Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I feel like Mike Evans is getting discounted in what it's six straight seasons over a thousand yards. He's almost a lock for 10 touchdowns. And everyone yeah. seems to say that Tom Brady can't throw it downfield, but he's still going to get peppered in that red zone. I mean, Mike I, Evans, I think, yeah, you, I, you had I two wide receiver ones could, there. He could lead the league in touchdowns this year. I, I don't think that I'm overstating that. Mike Evans could lead the league in touchdowns. You heard it here first. Uh, I'm a huge Godwin guy, but yeah, I can't wait to watch this Tampa Bay offense, especially when uh, Leonard Fournette joins joins up here. Oh, don't don't put that juju. <laughs> He's gonna gonna kill the Rojo shares. You know, that's the thing I want to talk about with Leonard Fournette is everyone's really worried about, you know, Leonard Fournette's value is not as soon as this is done, right now you can buy him for a second round pick. I don't think anybody's selling for that. If you are an owner, hold him until he gets a landing spot. But he's gonna ruin an RB2 somewhere. You know, and I'm looking at my draft boards and I'm looking at my teams and I'm like, man, if he goes, you know, there was some Eagles rumbling, that's got to hurt Miles Sanders. You know, there was the Bears rumbling, that kills David Montgomery. All these different RB2s that were in that area, Leonard Fournette's going to, you know, he's going to kind of mess up some value, but it's a one-year deal. You know, pretty much wherever yeah. he goes, it's likely going to be a one-year kind of prove-it deal. So don't all of a sudden, if, if he goes to the Eagles, start selling your Miles Sanders shares. You know, I, I feel like, People overreact on this. They're going to overreact and sell Leonard Fournette too cheap. They're going to overreact when he goes to the Bears and say, well, David Montgomery's dead. I'm going to trade him. You know, just be patient. Let it play out and see what happens here because I I feel like there's going to be a major overreaction once this goes down. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it Fournette Roulette. I, may <laughs> apply for, I like that. For, uh, ro- ro- royalties on that one. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, you get, it definitely take advantage of um, any other nervous owners out there. Uh, on on this one, but keep a close eye on it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was able to, there's people that are doing that with Kamara right now. They believe that they're going to trade him. Someone I I saw on Twitter, someone asked me a question. I'm afraid they're going to trade Alvin Kamara to the Jaguars. What do I do? And I'm like, they're not, they're not going out and trading for Alvin Kamara. They're trying to tank it out, you know? So don't make any overreactions, just relax, let it play out. We're eight days away from the season. Now you've built those dynasty rosters the way you want them. Don't blow them up just because of just overhype. The next one comes in from at JE13FF13. He didn't put a team number, you know, how many are in the league. He just said his PPR. For this exercise, why don't we call it a 12-team league? You know, most leagues are 12-teamers. We're looking at Zeke, again, another pivot here, Christian Kirk and Brian Edwards for DeAndre Swift, Allen Robinson, and DK Metcalf. John, it's all yeah, you time. Yeah, I'm I'm all over this trade. So if you're listening to the pod, make that trade if you haven't already. And uh, you know, a lot of people might say, wait, 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 what are you talking about? Zeke is clearly the best guy in this deal. And I, you know, I would agree with you. And you know, I think that in 2020, you can make an argument that Zeke you know might just be just behind CMC in that number two slot, maybe even over Saquon. Uh, but but what you're getting in return here, um, two major upgrades at wide receiver. Nothing against Christian Kirk and Brian Edwards. And I, I, my, my, I think I, I, at this point I'm agreeing with you that the Brian Edwards hype might be um, a little bit overboard. But, um, you know, Mike, I, won't, I, won't, I don't need to convince you on DK, but huge, huge upgrade. I mean, this is multiple tiers above Brian Edwards. Same with Allen Robinson over – Christian Kirk, that's a that's a clear uh, wide receiver one in my mind, regardless of the quarterback in Chicago. And in Swift, I mean, and again, in a long-term deal, uh, a lot of people, again, had him as the, the top overall running back in terms of, of pure talent before the landing spots. I think we might even be exaggerating a little bit that that Detroit landing spot may not be that bad. Uh, you know, carry-ons uh, still walking around in a brace. I think he said that he's, he's won with the brace, like, Whoa. Okay. That's a, that's a massive red flag. It is uh, a mental thing. You know, we've talked about yeah, several exactly. doctors about that. It's more of just a mental stabilization. And this is a yeah. great deal because you are going from, you're getting an RB2 yeah. wide receiver one, who's totally disrespected now in Robinson, a potential, you know, wide receiver two this year, maybe a wide receiver one in the future, DK Metcalf for, let's be honest. I don't, hate on Christian Kirk, but he's never going to be more than a wide receiver too. You know, he's never going to, to me, he's a wide receiver three and Brian Edwards, 
has had an injury history and everybody's kind of overhyping him because of, you know, getting a lot of positive feedback from Raiders camp, but you're moving down off of Zeke to get two massive upgrades. Mung, anything to add to that? Yeah, I think this is this one's a little closer to me uh, than you guys seem to believe. Uh, for me, uh, Elliot is getting kind of forgotten. Uh, he's in that Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey tier for me. He's in a just loaded offense with probably not going to see any tacklers when they're trying to just defend all three wide receivers in Dallas there. Um, and I, I do like Kirk more than you guys, I feel. Uh, I think that we could see similar seasons between Kirk and Metcalf this year. Uh, I think both are slated for, I think I have them around like 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, something around that. Um, and then I am lower, as we talked about a little bit earlier, on Swift uh, than a lot of people. So for me, I think this really just comes down to team need, whether you need uh, that top three running back or you need a, a lot of that wide receiver depth. And that's what I love about dynasties. We all have different takes and different mentalities on that, you know. And for me, DK Metcalf putting up 900 yards and, and you know, close to 10 touchdowns as a rookie, I feel like he is going to explode. So I have a totally different mentality of what I think DK Metcalf is based off of and compared to what you have. But that doesn't mean either one of us are wrong until they actually go out there and play it. You know, it's just sometimes it's perceived upside, but I feel like, Zeke starting to get up there in the carries a little bit. And you said it in the beginning that DeAndre Swift isn't your guy. You know, you don't love the situation. You like the running back, but you don't love the situation, you know. And it sounds like John and I are a little bit more coming around on that Detroit situation where we were talking about you could get him at 107, which seemed like a complete steal in Superflex. Yeah, and now I think people are starting to come around there a little bit. But take put those things out there. If you're going to trade Zeke, you know, and I, I tell this to all the guys that, you know, come up and, and they ask for questions. If you're going to trade Zeke or you're going to trade Hopkins or you're going to trade a stud, you got to shop them around to the whole league. You know, you can't just throw out dry offers, get that conversation going. And we talk about it all the time. Know your league mates, get out there, get as much communication as possible. I love this deal, but it's again, 54% to 46% on Twitter. So still voted pretty good, but I think Jeff, you made out pretty well there. I will say uh, real quick, though, not to get too sidetracked, but just sell Brian Edwards. Uh, if I had him anywhere, I would be selling him right now. The, the trades I'm seeing him go for are absolutely nuts. Yeah. Antonio Gibson and him have the most up, the most like crazy Twitter value right now as far as hype news. I mean, Brian Edwards is going for a first. I saw Antonio Gibson go for multiple firsts the other day. You know, Ooh, these things are just. Wow. Pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, it was my guy, Dynasty Bro Vic. Um, obviously, Dynasty Bros FF. Great podcast if you guys haven't heard him. Uh, check him out. But, yeah, he got two firsts, a 21 and a 22 first for Antonio Gibson on some. But if you can get first for any of these guys, Scott Connor actually said with Brian Edwards, if you can, or Brandon Ayuk, if you get camp news from these guys yes. this year, sell them for a first. Because this year we have no idea what's going to happen. Yes. We don't know if the season might last eight games and those firsts, you know, are going to be much more valuable than the player. We don't know how many guys are going to be out with COVID where, you know, you guys might not like Brian Edwards, but you definitely like first round picks. There's nobody who doesn't like a first round pick. And he was advocating selling players. You know, even if you're a contender, if somebody offers you a first for Adam Thielen, do it because you're going to be able to buy him back cheaper next year or by the end of the year, if he's, if things are going that way. So, um, and it was interesting to talk to him because he was talking about he thinks more players are going to come out in 2021 because of the news, you know, and people, the uncertainty of college football. So make those yep. moves, you know, and, and sell on those camp camp news. We well, always and, talk about it. Go yeah, ahead. I was going to just quick, quick, just expand on that that point again. And I, I think we talked about this in the first um, Smash Accept pod. Definitely get those those 2021 picks, but see if you can pick up those second rounders. If, if you look at rookie drafts this year towards the end of the second round was Antonio Gibson, Brian Edwards, and another guy like Joshua Kelly. Um, and, and sometimes even into the early third rounds of 12 team rookie drafts. And now you're already flipping those before the season starts for first rounders. Come on. That's a way. So, yeah. If you can get, if you get him to toss in a second rounder in what I believe will be a loaded 21 class, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to do the exact same thing. And that, that is how you win in dynasty. 
Well, there's a reason they're first rounders. I mean, the hit rate on first rounders is in that 50% range. And the, uh, on the second rounders, it's about 30%. You know, And a hit rate means that they become a wide receiver one or, or RB one for one season. So you, know, you drop down to 30%. You drop into the third round, you're talking 12%. So if you can cash in on those guys, statistically speaking, if you get a third rounder who looks good and you can hype him for a second or you're moving in there even for a first, you're winning. You know, statistically speaking, most of the time, you know, because it's only 12 percent. The next one comes from at Adam G 703-207-33. I thought last time we had Smash Except we had the longest set of numbers, but Adam G takes the cake. I mean, he's got them all here. No number of teams on there. He loves numbers in his Twitter handle, but he doesn't tell us how many teams there are. But let's just call it 12 again. This one, again, another fun pivot. Christian McCaffrey or Nick Chubb. James Conner, and a 2021 first since there's nothing there. What I try to do, and I don't know about you guys, let's talk about first rounders here. When I make a trade, you know, you want to look to see if it's early or if it's mid or if it's late. But if you're not sure if it's in that mid to late, I call it 109, 110 in my head. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want to make sure if I'm trying to make that deal, I don't want to think in my head, man, that's a mid first. That's 106. 106 can swing either direction depending on how that team pans out you know so i always try to say i'm yeah. trading for something in that 109 value instead of 106 because then i have lesser chance to actually fail on a trade yeah i was going to add to that too be careful on even some of these trade analyzers that are out there even on some some paid subscription sites because they'll value them all the same like you you put in a 2021 first and they're all all created equal yeah and so don't you know don't give your your trade partner too much credit for the picks either right so mike's spot on with that advice yeah big difference between uh trevor lawrence and like Najee harris next year you know there's going to be a a big value yeah. difference that's why you want to come to the smash except guys right there boom <laughs> keep hitting us up but this one here let's break it down here a little bit mung we'll start with you christian mccaffrey or do you want chubb connor and a first so you get an instant backfield here and a first round pick or are you still taking that wide receiver one rb1 cheat code of christian mccaffrey yeah, I, I would sell for the package. Uh, the only way I would take McCaffrey here is if you are absolutely stacked and, you know, you've got Barkley already and three elite wide receivers and Kelsey and Mahomes and McCaffrey's the last piece of the puzzle to a title. But, I mean, let, let's take a look at the other side here. Chubb and Connor could both be top 10 running backs this year if Connor stays healthy. And it's just a lot of eggs in one basket when you put them uh, in these elite players, even if it's a golden basket like McCaffrey. All it takes is, you know, an ankle sprain, an ACL tear, and you're losing a ton of value there. Um, With the first on top, I I think this is a pretty easy call. I think it's very interesting and why we talk about sending in your number of teams. If this is a 10-team league, it's McCaffrey. Don't even question it. Not even a question because – the the talent pool in a 10 team league you want them studs you want those guys you got to put them out there and you know connor might not start for you in a 10 team league depending on where you're at um that also changes the value of the first round pick i have my own opinions here but john what do you think mccaffrey are you taking the the package yeah well i can't agree with long on everything here so uh i'll mix it up here i, I actually would would hold mccaffrey on this one uh and, and i i say that knowing that the other side probably has arguably more value. I'm just, with James Conner, I, I think he could be okay this year. He's got the health issues, though, and I think he's he's probably out um, by by this time next year. We already yeah, talked and, about Chuck. Yeah, go ahead, and b- Well, before, you know, now we're in that redraft mentality a little bit yeah. more. You know, you see yeah, that yeah. on Twitter. Three months ago, you couldn't get a second-round pick for James Conner. You know, mm-hmm. so if you say Nick Chubb, a second-round pick and a first – for McCaffrey is just saying no way, you know, there's no way that that's kind of where you're going. One thing I've been telling everybody on Twitter right now is if you're moving off McCaffrey or Barkley, you make sure you're getting Jonathan Taylor, CEH, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, or one of those kind of guys. So, you know, we we were up there on that earlier deal where we were kind of both out on Chubb. We were kind of moving that. And maybe the the move here is make a cascading trade, trade Christian Mm -hmm. McCaffrey for Chubb, Connor, and a first, then trade Chubb for Jonathan Taylor in a second. You know, now all of a sudden you're getting Taylor, Connor, a first and a second. Um, yeah. You know, and it's all a matter of personal preference for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of McCaffrey valued at about four firsts. And uh, so that's another way to kind of look at it. You got one in the deal. Nick Chubb is is one plus, 
and you know James Conner, I have valued it less than a first round right now in Dynasty. So just I thought maybe you could get more, but look, if you're trying to compete for this year, you want to kind of cash in the chips there, maybe. Um, but but I might wait till McCaffrey shows that he's still got it and he's the number one overall player and see if he can get more out of uh, the deal there. That's just, just my view. Always try to milk that extra bit out there. I got one more here. Um, this one wasn't on the show sheet, but this one just came in uh, from at uh, – I'm going to say – I'm hoping it's not Carpenis J, but maybe we'll call him Carpenis J. Um, is it 12? T- Sorry, you got to read it on there after you write it. But straight PPR, 12 team, Dalvin Cook or Chubb and Claypool? So we're getting a lot of Chubb love here. Um, but this is, a, this is a clear pivot, in my opinion, where if you don't believe in Dalvin Cook, you're getting Chubb and Claypool. What do you guys think? This one Twitter had at a dead even 50-50, which you don't see too often. I'm just struggling with the the Carpenters and the Chubb love that you said. <laughs> I know. I, this was completely – uh, uh, I, I did yeah. not try this. I mean, C-A-R-P-E-N-I-S. I mean, is, I'm going to call it Carpenters, but it's definitely Carpenters. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, yeah, I kind of I lost the flow there a little bit. But I know, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll jump in. I, you know, I, I think that, that Cook is, is still going – I mean, it looks like he's going to play this year. I still think that Minnesota needs to sign this guy, and I, I would I would go on the Cook side. I, I I think I might get some disagreements from you guys on this, but I, I still have have Cook in this one. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I answered the question on Twitter, and I said Chubb and Claypool at the moment, but it's kind of mm-hmm. like what we've been talking about. As if if Dalvin Cook, you know, he's there right now. If he gets that contract, kind of like Joe Mixon. I feel like it's Dalvin Cook because, you know, the amount of production you're going to get from Chase Claypool is a lot more unknown than the difference between Chubb and Dalvin Cook. So it's a narrative right now. You know, are you telling yourself the narrative that Dalvin Cook is done in Minnesota and might hold out? Or are you telling yourself the narrative that he's going to get signed and he's going to ball out? You know, and and we tell ourselves narratives in in our trades and sometimes we want to believe them and that's kind of how we do things. Yeah, and I, I kind of been telling maybe the narrative going on in my my mind right now is looking at the league and like Henry got his deal, you know, Eckler got a deal, Mixon just got a deal, and yeah, it's kind of setting the the market value for some of these guys and teams are especially a team that wants to run the ball. Maybe they re up here with them, uh, you know. I'm, but yeah, it depends on how much risk you want to take on there. But while yeah. the reward for me, if he does sign, it, he's clearly more valuable in Chubb in that scenario. And where, where they're at contract-wise now, I mean, Kamara's saying he wants McCaffrey money. But Dalvin Cook all along said he'd be willing to settle for $12, 13000000 million, which is in that same realm as what Joe Mixon got. And I right. feel like the Vikings have to get smart here and say, well, you know, Joe Mixon got this kind of money. This is the guy we got to pay. You know, and they do have Madison there, which makes things quite a bit different. But I feel like both Kamara and Dalvin are going to get a deal here because both teams are, are teams that are playoff teams with those running backs without – Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's necessarily a right or wrong answer here. It's kind of like, do you want to put 20 bucks on black or red? You know, how are you feeling today? Um, I guess for me, the narrative is, oh, well, why wouldn't Minnesota pay Cook, right? Uh, but that was the same mentality as like, oh, well, of course, Pittsburgh's going to pay Le'Veon Bell. You know, he's a key part of that offense. And then here we are with Bell on the Jets. Um, and then I also think that this this could be Zimmer's last year if you know they don't go far in the playoffs. So yeah, is management willing to sign Cook long term when they might be making a lot of changes this time next year? Um, and, and then even if they do sign Cook, you know he's had a pretty well documented injury history, so there's still that concern. Um, and then also just the the great reports out of camp for Chase Claypool. Uh, with Juju Smith-Schuster, a free agent after this year, who knows if Pittsburgh will re-sign him. Um, in one of my recent articles a couple months ago, I compared to uh, Claypool to potentially, uh, you know, sort of like a Martavis Bryant type, and we saw him uh, get double-digit touchdowns with Ben Roethlisberger. So I actually do lean the, uh, the the Chubb and Claypool side on this one. John, let me flip this here a little bit. Let's let's say that's Miles Sanders instead of Nick Chubb or or Josh Jacobs. You know, the idea of it, are you willing to move off Dalvin Cook if they throw Claypool and I know you like Jacobs and Sanders, either one of those guys? Yeah, I, I, I'd probably be more, be a little bit more willing to do it. Um, 
for, for Jacobs and, and potentially Sanders. Um, and I think that Monk's right. This one's, this one's pretty close, and it depends on how much risk that you want to roll with. And th- those, those two options are even less risk in my mind. Um, I mean, I think Jacobs is going to get fed the ball uh, a ton this year, and sky's the limit. He's healthy. It, the, the question will be how much does he get out of the backfield? And then, you know, Miles Sanders, um, great all-around back and, and a great offense, and they really need him. A little bit banged up, but uh, I, I think they're going to build around him a little bit. And it, it sounds like they really want to give him the ball. So those, those you know, if you're, if you're a little bit risk, more risk-averse, then definitely move Cook for, for one of those guys and, and get a, some, something packaged. For me, eh, Claypool, kind of meh for me, but I might get, look for something else. But, but yeah, I, I see where you're going with that, Mike, and I definitely consider that. Well, yeah, and, and the idea of this episode was really to, to let you guys let, know, the listeners, obviously, that you guys can, you know, put that hashtag smash accept, and we're going to answer your questions. We're going to put it on here and try to make this, you know, more like a week, every week and a half type thing to get you guys, because everybody wants some dynasty traits. And for me, running backs right now, I'm trying to pivot the best I can. You know, I dealt Kamara for Josh Jacobs in a second. You know, I'm making moves like that where – I'm, I'm trying to reset my clock where these guys, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's got five years on his deal tied to Mahomes where some of these guys that are starting to approach that contract, it becomes dicey right now. And I'm, I'm a little worried about the next Leonard Fournette. The way the business is going, the way the teams are treating running backs, when it gets time to pay them, it gets to be a dicey contract holdout type negotiation. And you guys are seeing it right now firsthand. The values are starting to drop, you know, and, and at least perceived value, not the talent of the running backs, but the situation, like Mung said in the beginning, situation pans out. And if you guys can do this year after year where you move down just a little bit and add a little bit of value and you can pick those running backs, I'm not saying do it for anybody. I'm not saying, you know, move back just because you feel like it, but move back to get those guys that you have conviction about. Find those guys that are your guys and make those moves all day. So thanks again for coming on, guys. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and anything you guys got going on or anything in world in the world in general? Yeah, so John, um, thanks again for listening. You can find me at dynasty underscore trades. And like like I said last time, we're, we, we respond to hundreds of trades, always ready to mix it up and have some fun. So definitely reach out anytime to help mike looking forward to coming on again sometime thanks for having me absolutely and it looks like our guy mung just bailed on that he i think you offended him but <laughs> <laughs> sorry mung. you can find him ff underscore mung spelled m-e-n-g um guys keep tuning in you know we're gonna have a lot of cool things coming out with smash except and thank you for tuning in to the dynasty dad podcast enjoy the process boom